Hello and welcome to Turing's Triple Helix, the podcast channel of the Scottish AI Alliance. My name is Callum, Engagement Officer at the AI Alliance, and today we'll be diving into how public bodies are considering equality when using artificial intelligence. To explore this, we're joined by two special guests today. Catherine Weatherhead is a Senior Associate for Scotland Compliance with the Equality and Human Rights Commission. And we are also joined by Davy Morrison, Participation and Equalities Manager at NHS 24. Welcome both, and thanks for joining us today to explore how equality, the public sector, and AI intersect. To start us off, Catherine, Davy, how could AI technologies affect people with protected characteristics, vulnerable people, in marginalised communities. Thanks, Callum. I think a key point to make here is that AI can present both substantial benefits and risks for different groups. So vulnerability will vary according to the context and what the AI system is. For instance, are we talking about algorithms to guide the allocation of social security benefits or about facial recognition technology used for policing. But the Equality Act requires public bodies to really think about how their policies and practices affect groups with certain protected characteristics. Now, there are nine protected characteristics under the legislation, including race, disability, age, and so on. Now, equality law is really clear about the need to eliminate discrimination linked to protected characteristics. So in AI, discrimination against a particular group could result from bias in the data used to train an algorithm, for example. So we need to be alert to these risks of discrimination. On the other side of things, equality law also directs public bodies to consider how they can advance equality of opportunity for protected characteristic groups and also foster good relations. And I think this is where AI can really improve experiences for people and reduce inequality. So it, you know, it often helps to use an example. So for instance, a healthcare provider, they might use software to identify people who are at risk of missing their medical appointments you know, in order to then provide them with information in an alternative format, such as easy read or, or another language. So the lens of equality law helps alert us to both the negative and positive effects of AI on particular groups in a, in a specific context. Brilliant, thank you. And Davy, do you have any thoughts on this? The, the, the sheer fact that you're identifying that there are mar marginalised groups in Scotland uh, identifies the, that not everyone can access public services. And I think it's really key then when public services are considering how to use AI, that they also need to take account of people where through economic circumstances or other situations they're unable to access digital services. AI is going to be used in a digital way. So it's really important that 
public services are accessible to as many people in Scotland as possible. And I think to achieve that, then there needs to be a realisation that people will access services in different ways. And therefore, it's really important that they can do that. And they can do that in a way in which meets their needs and enables them to access the different services, the, the broad range of, of public services in Scotland. Brilliant. Thank you very much. At the Scottish AI Alliance, our vision is that Scotland becomes a leader in the development and use of AI, which is trustworthy, ethical and inclusive. Our approach is that embedding equality in the use of AI is key to that vision. Embedded equality means we can trust AI systems more. Embedded equality is a marker of an ethical approach and it complements and enriches a push for diverse and inclusive relationship with AI technologies. And we've recently launched the Scottish AI Register, which you can access at scottishairegister.com. Here, public bodies can share information about AI systems they use, how they work and what impact they have. And while we are at a very early stage of the register, we hope that promoting transparency and openness around AI algorithms and public service can help push the needle towards embedding equality. Catherine, what's your perspective on how organisations can embed equality when they are considering whether to use AI? Thanks, Callum. I mean, as you just said, that question of how to embed equality in AI is really important. Um, under the public sector equality duty, public authorities and organisations carrying out a public function are required by law to consider equality in everything that they do. And adopting a similar approach will help private organisations avoid discrimination and advance equality too. So first, I'd say that people should start thinking about equality early. Okay, that thought process should begin at the earliest possible stage to really give you the best chance of understanding the AI system's potential equality impact. And evidence is crucial here. So public bodies should be asking themselves if they have enough information to fully consider the range of equality impact. Um, and, and cast that net wide in terms of looking for sources of relevant information. So there may be internal data or external data. There could be relevant local data or national data to look at. There may also be evidence gaps for particular groups and public bodies should seek to consult and engage protected characteristic groups to better understand their experiences, their needs, um, and any challenges in relation to the issue that the AI is focused on. And we have consistently called for improved data collection in a variety of areas, not just in relation to AI, to help inform better decision making. As a second point, I'd say keep thinking about equality when the AI is, is being used. So don't stop considering equality once the AI system has been rolled out because we can only know its actual impacts 
once it has been introduced. So public bodies should think about whether they have mechanisms in place to monitor the AI's impact. And that could involve internally analyzing who's using the tool or any different outcomes for people subject to the tool. Or it could involve you know, ensuring that there are accessible routes for people to share feedback or even complain about their experiences. And it's important to note that the duties under the Equality Act are ongoing. And without giving these duties sufficient consideration, organizations risk legal action for breaches, they risk reputational damage, but they also miss that opportunity to improve their decision-making on a specific AI project. So ultimately, in response to your question, I would say, get that equality thinking started early and keep it going. Brilliant. Start it early and keep it going. So Davy, with this in mind, can you tell me a bit about the area in which you work and your approach? Yeah, so I, I, one of the areas that NHS 24 is particularly interested in is how can people access our services and how can we reduce the health inequalities that people experience. And, you know, I think a, a key point in this is about access. So how can we improve access? And I think when you look across the public sector in Scotland, um, one of the questions that we need to ask ourselves is how accessible are public bodies in Scotland? You know, how easy is it for people to access services? And, and we work on a a ratio of possibly 20% of people in Scotland would find it difficult to access services. So the design approach has to be, if we can design it, if we can improve access and, and design out inequality for that 20%, then the rest of the people would be able to access as, as well. So it's, it's having that equality focus. And when we talk about equality, it's also about fairness. You know, the way that public services are providing services, are they fair to the public? So one of the approaches that we have taken with NHS 24 is to become a sponsor in the Scottish Government's CivTech programme. And uh, specifically CivTech Challenge 7.6. And this is a programme which enables the Scottish Government and public bodies to work with companies to design solutions based on the evidence acquired from people with lived experience. And I, I think a, a key thing here is that if you're going to design a service or you think you've got a solution, then actually what you need to do is you need to engage with people. You need to find out what people's uh, access requirements are. You need to find out what people's expectations are. You need to find out what are the barriers that people experience. And I've, I've no doubt at all that AI is, is going to be a really positive thing in, in terms of improving access for people. But unless you involve people, and I think key to that is involving the third sector as well, unless you start to identify, okay, so what's the challenge? And, and for our challenge, it was how can we use artificial intelligence data which Catherine spoke about as well, and I think data is really an important point, and new technologies to improve access for uh, disabled people. 
and uh, using the uh, approach of engaging with people, understanding what the barriers that are, engaging with third sector organisations, then through that we are uh, at a research and development phase of a, a product which has been known as Connecting You Now, which, which is intended to be a, a concert service to enable people to ask a question using AI um, and finding a, a, a solution and, and an answer. And I think some of the feedback that we're getting from uh, people who host information on websites is there is so they host so much information and they find it difficult to access the information themselves. So how can we use artificial intelligence to identify? So for instance, if you if you want to ask a question about where's your local pharmacy? Or, you know, if you want to identify um, some information about uh, if we're thinking about um, the protected characteristics and if you're disabled and you want to find out about some services that are available in your local area, then how easily is that information found? And that's where artificial intelligence can be an enabler. And I think the most important thing about how we apply AI is it can't further disabled people. It needs to enable people to get access to information and do so in a way in which it meets their individual needs. So through the CivTech Challenge 7.6 and working with colleagues within the Scottish Government, working with third sector uh, organisations and working with individuals to learn their individual needs and, and aspirations, then the Connecting You Now programme is intended to enable access, is intended to help people find the information in an easy way, in a streamlined way, and in a way in which they are then able to uh, take forward to the, um, you know, whether that be um, attending a, a pharmacy or, or whatever it is, then they are able to do that. Great. And yeah, that sounds like a good example of what Catherine was talking about in the first question about the where there are potential ways we need to make sure that AI doesn't impinge on equality. It sounds like a good example of a, a way in which AI can enable equality. It sounds like a really interesting project. I'm glad it's happening where I live. Okay, so Callum, just to, to say that the focus of the Civtech uh, Challenge 7.6 is, is on sensory loss. Um, but I think one of the things that, and that's just the starting point, clearly. You know, clearly we're looking at people who are disabled and sensory loss is, is a, a, a key area of um, improvement where if people can access information, then that would be benefit to them. But artificial, or sorry, AI can be used in so many different ways. So whilst we may be looking at people who are disabled or, or find themselves disabled from accessing public services, uh, so too that can also be an experience of minority ethnic people, particularly where English isn't their first language or their chosen language. So again, using the AI, then what we would hope in the future that that could be used in a positive way uh, to enable people to gain greater access to services than they currently do. 
Great. Thank you very much, David. Yeah, it seems to me that increasing accessibility increases equality and that a great feedback loop there. When you do things right, it benefits everyone, not just people with protected characteristics. Um, equality and accessibility is beneficial to, to all of us. Would you have any, what would your top tip be for an organisation looking to get things right in this regard? Without doubt, my top tip is you need to engage people early. Don't come up with a solution. Don't come up with a that you think you've got the service. As Catherine has spoken about earlier, an equality impact assessment is a crucial step, as is a data protection impact assessment. But also it's about engaging with people, talking to people, find out what people's experiences are, find out what people's frustrations are, um, when they're accessing services. And also, there are circumstances where uh, people are fearful because they're, they're at home, they're unable to access services at a time of need. And that means that, that people are frightened and that has an impact on their health and their well-being. So that's, you know, trying to find solutions to improve access can be a positive step but to achieve that you need to listen to people you need to understand the points that they're trying to raise the frustrations that they have and by doing that and by working with them and by involving them in the design and the development of a service or a solution then what you'll get then is you'll get take up because there's absolutely no point in designing something or developing something and introducing something if people are unaware of it. People don't feel that they've been involved in it. If people don't have an ownership of it. So it's really important that as you're designing and developing, you're also communicating what you're doing with the community so that the community gets an opportunity to contribute as well and to feel part of it. Because if they don't, then the solution won't be used and therefore the whole thing will have been futile. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, we at the Scottish AI Alliance, we try to implement a, a similar approach with our delivery of the AI strategy in Scotland. Um, and we are currently uh, on the lookout for folk who would like to help feed into the AI strategy. And you can drop us a wee email if you'd like to be involved to engage at scottishai.com. Catherine, you've been doing a lot of research around this recently. Can you share any insights on the main barriers to good practice inequality around AI, which public bodies are facing just now, please? Yes, very, very happy to. Um, it's been really interesting research and we've come across quite a few barriers that public bodies are facing when they're considering equality in AI. But um, in the interest of time, I'll, I'll, stick, I'll stick to three and I'll cover them briefly. So one of the first challenges that is that you know, it can just be difficult to understand the technology. So Broadly, AI involves programming computers to 
sift these large volumes of data and learn to answer questions or or deal with problems, like answering questions similar to what Davy was talking about. But a key challenge is finding out where AI is actually being used because public bodies don't always know what the AI is or whether they're using it. Or, or they might know that they're using AI, but they won't necessarily know the intricacy of a particular program and how it really works. So getting at the granularity of an AI system's equality impacts could be dependent on the public body asking the supplier for it and the supplier then actually sharing that information. The, the public sector equality duty applies to AI systems that public bodies are already using or that others may be developing or using on their behalf. Okay, so it's therefore really important to embed equality thinking into the supplier relationship from the outset. So I'd say that's the sort of first challenge that we come across, just understanding that technology. But then moving on, there's also confusion about which frameworks to follow. I mean, we know that there are several legal and non-legal frameworks applicable in the AI sphere in Scotland. Um, Davies mentioned a couple already, like data protection impact assessments. Um, and there are there are a lot of good practice ethical guidelines, but then there are you know, obligatory frameworks like equality impact assessments. And there is a risk that public bodies undertaking an AI project get confused by the number of separate frameworks. And if we if we take ethics as an example, it's really clear that ethics features really quite heavily in conversations about AI, more so than equality. But there's a risk then that the equality legal framework gets lost in these conversations about you know, ethical good practice more generally and broader principles. So that's why it's really important for internal policies and internal procedures to really clearly set out what is required when a public body commissions um, and uses an AI system. Finally, it is, it is related, but there's also a perceived tension between data collection on the one hand and data protection on the other hand. So we've found that public bodies may be a bit hesitant to collect data on the impact of AI on protected characteristic groups due to a sense that data protection law requires the collection of as little personal data as possible. But data protection law doesn't prevent public authorities from processing personal data for the purposes of the public sector equality duty as long as it's in line with the data protection principles. And actually, to have due regard to the duty, public authorities really has, have to understand how their policies and practices affect people with particular protected characteristics. So collecting that data can help build that understanding. And, and you know, some equality impacts may even be visible in data via proxies like postcodes, for instance. 
So it's important to be alert to that issue of proxies as well within this data collection area. And I'll maybe just cheekily take the opportunity here to direct listeners to our guidance on the public sector equality duty and data protection. Uh, that's available at our website, www.equalityhumanrights.com. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Catherine. Davy, do you have any reflections uh, on this question at all? I think <coughs> I think the use of <coughs> uh, data uh, should be seen as a, a positive one if it drives forward improvement. So I don't think people should be, you know, uh, uh, organisations need to be responsible in, in how they use data. Using data appropriately can really drive forward improvements. And as Catherine gave us an example of a postcode, then that in itself can influence how within NHS 24, how we are targeting our engagement to try and promote access in areas. And as we have been doing recently in areas where it's identified that there's a multiple deprivation so specifically identifying that if we go in and engage with communities within areas of multiple deprivation, how that can reduce health inequality. So I think the use of data is a, is a key thing in terms of how you um, identify ways in which you can improve access. And But again, it's about being responsible with it. Brilliant. So that brings us to the end of our podcast today. I hope our listeners have enjoyed our exploration of how public bodies' use of AI intersects with equality. And I want to say thank you very much, firstly, to Davy Morrison from NHS 24. Thank you, Davy, for joining us. Thank you, Callum. And Catherine Weatherhead from the Equality and Human Rights Commission. Thank you very much for joining us today, Catherine. Thank you, Callum. And I'd also just encourage people to look up our guidance on artificial intelligence in public services, which is also available on our website, www.equalityhumanrights.com. Brilliant. So I hope our listeners dive into that and find out all about it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how Connecting You Now evolves, Davy. Thanks very much. And I hope you have a lovely day. See you later. <laughs>